you to know. When you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. It's the conference championship edition, guys. As we look ahead to this weekend, we're finally there to figure out who's going to make the Super Bowl. But before we get there, Jason Lockham, Thor, Carl Dukes, put him up. We're here to talk about what happened. Because, Jason, we got a lot to react to yeah. coming off of an incredible division round weekend. And I think the big question, right, moving forward and even as we saw it play out last week was, what's the deal with Patrick Mahomes? How severe is this injury? Are the Chiefs leading us on to believe that this is not going to be a big deal? They're saying he will play. So we know that as of today when we record this podcast, guys, Tuesday, I think he's playing Sunday. But let's talk about what the Chiefs were able to do against the Jags because Travis Kelsey, it seems like nobody ever has any answers for this guy. He had 10 catches in the first half, and I'm going yeah. the Jags defense. What are they doing out here? I just I was kind of perplexed that they let him get going that early and that often. Yeah, I mean, I think when you go back and look at it, I mean, it really was all dink and dunk. I think at one point, like, he had 10 catches on 11 targets for, like, 55 yards. So, screen stuff, obviously, the red zone is imperative, right? I mean, it's it's about sevens, not threes. Um, and he was a big part of them being able to cap those drives. Um, yeah, it just seemed like it was there whenever they wanted it, whenever they needed it, and they leaned into it heavily. And it helped carry the day for them when Mahomes wasn't right. And I don't know, Carl, like he's going to, I'm sure he's going to, he'll play. Like, I don't doubt that. Like he'll get treatment all week. They'll keep him off his feet. They'll do around the clock stuff, hyperbaric chamber, whatever it takes. <laughs> right. He'll play. I don't know that he's going to play well. Like, I don't know that he's Patrick Mahomes. I, I think it will affect their game plan. I talked to some personnel people who watch that game. Um, you know, they're not doctors, but they've been in the league a long time. You know, talked to a general manager who watched it closely. Like, they think Andy Reid's going to have to alter his game plan. Like, they don't think you're going to see Patrick Mahomes under center at some. Like, the backpedaling stuff looked like a big problem for him, having to yeah. go back and hand off. Yeah. Right now, you'll shoot him up and do what you have to do, but, the, but that doesn't get you through three and a half hours you know, four hours, whatever this takes. Like, that'll wear off. Um, honestly, I wonder if in his heart of hearts, Andy Reid, if he gave him truth serum, would say, I wish we would have played the Bills in Atlanta. Just because could you manage this thing better, right, in a hermetically sealed yes. dome when you know exactly how everything's going to be versus Kansas City where the weather's fluctuating. It might get a little slick on the surface. There might be some condensation. I think they're talking about 11 degrees. Like, that's, you know, like, I just think it's going to be a factor in this game. Is it going to be the primary factor? Maybe. But it's going to be a mitigating factor to some degree. And because that defense is bad, right, that's not a good defense. It's just not. It's the worst of the four best. teams left, right? Worst of the four teams left. Definitely. Hands down, yes. And even just compared to the rest of the league, not good, like not only not good by playoff standards, just not good. 33 passing touchdowns allowed most of the NFL against a team that has the special sauce to stop the offense, even when Mahomes is himself. Like if Zach Taylor comes out aggressively and they get up 10 nothing, then you're not like, I don't think Andy Reid's going to be able to McKinnon and Pacheco them to death and short passes to the tight end. 
But I don't know that they can do much more than that because how how much can he push the ball? And if you know, you don't even need to spy him. You don't even need to mush rush him. He's staying in the pocket. When he drops back, that's the point we launch. Like the, the target when you're pass rushing him, you don't have to worry about hedging your bets. Like where he's standing is where he's throwing. That's a game changer for me. That that for a defense that again already kind of knows how to handle him. I, I I think it's a bad matchup for the Chiefs. And I again I can't imagine that Patrick Mahomes is anywhere close to hundred percent. Yeah, and the other fear, Jason, if you're a Chiefs fan, and this is going to sound weird because he's so good, he's so he's so damn brilliant when he's healthy is that when you get in those situations and you feel like you can't do the things you want to do, you overcompensate. That's when you start throwing in the coverages that you shouldn't throw into. That's when you start making the throws that you shouldn't throw and maybe you should have threw it away because I got to make a play because I'm trying to do too much. And I think that's the other part of this. We'll see how it plays out, but I totally agree with you. I think, listen, when I saw the number shift yesterday, right, we went from Sunday to Monday, when my show my show started here in Atlanta at 2 o'clock, Chiefs were still favored. By the end of the show at 7 o'clock, it was a one-and-a-half favorite for the Cincinnati Bengals on the road, and the Chiefs yeah. are underdogs at home. I think that screams volumes to what Vegas thinks about what you're saying and to how we're not going to be able to see Mahomes with what he does. What makes him special is all this stuff outside the pocket, right? Running yes. sideways, Throwing yes. it underarm and all—he's he, not going to be able to do all that. Jumping in the air, throwing it over people behind the back, no look. But I think what really is soul crushing is when you finally do get him in third and eleven, and you're playing everything right, and you, no one's open, and he just spins away from somebody and runs for eleven and a half. It's like God. Yep. You know, gets just past the sticks, and I just don't think that's going to be there. I don't think that's something they can count on that they can lean on. Um, Not to say they can't find a way to win this thing ugly, but I don't – like, even if Mahomes was 100%, I'd probably be leading Cincinnati because I've seen the defense now three times do what it had to do to win that game. Yeah, And Joe Burrow in the fourth quarter right now, nobody's beating the babyface assassin, not even Patrick Mahomes. And now we're talking about 60%, 70% Patrick Mahomes, whatever it is. Um. And and look, the Bengals offensive line, and we'll you know, we'll get into that game. It still doesn't look good on paper, but for the way they ran it against the Bills, and I mean like the way they ran their short passing offense, right? They threw the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage way more than they normally do. Um, and they ran the ball really well. And and the last time they ran the ball like that was at Arrowhead week 13, and they didn't have Mixon, and P Ryan went over a hundred yards. So I just don't know about this matchup for Andy Reid and company. I'm with you. I feel the same way. They broke uh, Buffalo off for buck seventy, and made it look easy, you know. And and so this is going to be intriguing, man. I, I want to talk about the Jags for a second. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. We put out new episodes every Tuesday, Thursday, leading into Championship Weekend. Baldy will be here on Thursday. We'll break down all the games. Jason Lock on four. Carl Dukes with you. The Jags are coming, and I just want to put this out there. I don't know at what point Calvin Ridley will be reinstated. But when you look at the Jaguars receiving core, okay, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones Jr., and now you're going to add Calvin Ridley. 
Now, I know the gambling thing is is looming over his head, yeah. but I got to tell you, he can play, okay? Yes. He can play. So when you put that guy into the mix of what they already have and Travis Etienne getting better, boy, Trevor Lawrence is going to have some yes. – he's going to be loaded offensively next season. And I'm just assuming, again, he's going to get reinstated. Jason, the Jags are coming, man. I like the yes. way they played. They were probably two plays away from maybe winning this yep. game against the Chiefs. No doubt about it. No, the arrows pointed way up. And then you look at them versus the rest of their division. Colts are still looking for a coach. Texans still looking for a coach. And Tennessee just, you know, fired their GM in the middle of the year when they were in first place. And, you know, you know, hire Rand Carthon. I think it's a great hire. But, like, I think they're rebuilding. I think they're going to trade Tannehill. Like, I, I think they're going to have to retool. So, yeah, the Jags are very well positioned. Their, their naivete showed up in a few critical spots in that game. Um, obviously, the two turnovers and three plays was the difference. Some drops, both them dropping interceptions and Christian Kirk dropping a ball. You know, that's probably a house call. Um, and it's tough. You know, that, that that's a lot of guys' first road playoff game. They got it out of their system. They gave the Chiefs, you know, a, a good fight. And, yeah, like – Marvin Jones is a free agent. The rest of those guys aren't at the receiving core, so you sub in Ridley for him. I think they're gonna they're gonna keep Ingram. I think they'll end up keeping Ingram. Yeah, I do too. So now you really just have to lean into continue to build your defensive line and you know offensive line as well. Like that's it. I mean, I think they just continue to draft in the trenches, and with that quarterback. They're going to be they're going to be a factor. Yeah, no doubt. Let's shift gears and talk about what the Bengals were able to do on the road to the Bills. I've gotten this a lot over the last few days over the weekend. Dukes, the Bills are cursed. They can't get over the hump. Something always goes wrong with the Bills, even when they're the favorite and they're at home. Now, I'm not a believer in this. Okay, I, I get it. Fans make up crap. You know whether you want to believe that or not, because they lost four Super Bowls in a row in the '90s. Yeah. I don't buy all of that. They got outplayed. They got out physical and they got outplayed. I mean, to me, Jason, this is like simple math. This is not hard, right? We're football guys. We cover the league. But at the end of the day, you just turn on the tape and you see how dominant the Bengals were from start to finish. This wasn't about the Bills being cursed. They got outplayed on their home field. But let me ask you, what does it mean for Josh Allen? Because here we are again, and we're talking about this upper echelon of quarterbacks. And right now, Burrow is here, okay? He just is. And Allen is is here trying to figure it out. Yeah, no, there there was no bad luck or circumstance or mishap. You said it. They got pushed around. They got bullied from the first possession of that game, really, till the last. Um, And they got outcoached, too. I mean, it, it was across the board. Like, it was not a good day for them. And you would think it should have been DeMar Hamlin's back. It's Mm. snowing. The crowd's nuts. Bengals down three offensive linemen. But it was one-way traffic. Um, You know, again, I talked to some people right after that game, guys who work in the league. And, you know, Bill's offensive line is good. It's not great. Like, could you upgrade there? You could. You know, the pass rush was a problem. They yeah. got Von Miller to try to address it. Von Miller got hurt. That happens with older players. Um, 
you know, Basham and Russo, did they really take the world by storm this year? No, they didn't. I mean, I think when they're sitting in their organizational meetings, they're probably going to say, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Um, they couldn't make Joe Burrow flinch, and he only had two offensive linemen who he's ever played with before. So, you know, I think that certainly played a role in it. Um Josh Allen got outplayed by Joe Burrow. No two ways about that. Like, I don't think Josh Allen can't win in the playoffs. Like, what Josh Allen did at Arrowhead last year in the playoffs was amazing. Mahomes was one play better. Like, that's why they went and got Von Miller, right? I mean, that's right. Why that's right. They gave him whatever they get, 36, what are they, 40 million fully guaranteed in the first two years of that deal. And that's a guy who'd been hurt a lot the previous three years, and he got hurt. Like, it, it, I mean, it happens, but... It's a really good franchise. They've they've completely turned it around from what it was when Brandon Bean and McDermott got there. But like the AFC is a muff, man. Like it went from Brady and Manning to Mahomes and Burrow. I mean, that's tough. Like it, it there's gonna be a lot of teams over the next decade in that conference who are perpetually left at the altar. Um but yeah, this one stings more because you know it was at home. Yeah, and I, I don't know, Carl. The better team won. I, I, I mean, people like so. I do radio show in Baltimore. Obviously, same division as the Bengals. Like the amount of people who won't give these guys their due. Like they just <laughs> still look at it like it's the Bungles, you know? Yes. And, oh, that's over, man. It's not Paul Brown Stadium anymore. It's whatever the hell, they, I sell somewhere or whatever, because they got to pay Joe Burrow. So they changed the name of the stadium. Like, it's literally the stadium that Joe Burrow rebuilt. Yeah. It's special. And the defense is the defense is so good. Like It's good. Lou Anarumo, man, they never give up more than 24 points in the playoffs now for two years, six games. Nobody does anything for them in the second half. Like, that Bills thing, and as good as that offense is, and their season's on the line, Coming out with the first possession of the second half, and what the hell did they do with it? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I. Uh, what did you think about the the chase overturn touchdown and the Josh Allen non fumble? That was a fumble. We see these uh, these blunders by the officials. Oh, it's a little fishy, huh? Yeah. I just. And again, you know, listen, I'm not accusing anybody of anything because it's not in my nature. But, but. We got to talk about it because it looked a little suspicious. The Allen fumble was obvious to me. The overturn call yeah. with Jamar Chase, I get it. I thought it was a touchdown, but all right. But those are the kind of plays, man. They they completely turn a game, right? Well, that's the thing. To anybody who would say the Bills are cursed, I would say, well, wait a minute. They got – like everything worked. The weather worked in their favor. Home field yeah. worked in their favor. The refs worked in their favor. And they still got outclassed. Like – the better, like again, the, the the better team won. The Bills were the healthier team by and large. Um, yeah, look, I, I wonder if we find out a week from now that Josh Allen is going to get this cleaned up or that cleaned up. You know what I mean? And the shoulder yeah. maybe was a little bigger of a deal than than anybody wanted to let on at the time because they're trying to make a Super Bowl run, um, and that's not to make excuses for them. Um, the defense was really good. Not enough great players made great plays for them on defense this year. I felt like, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it the didn't pop. Was the star. 
Yes. And when your offense is scoring 20, 28 to 30 a game, it makes the defense better, right? But when the offense is bogged down, can somebody over there get that big sack? Can somebody over there force that huge turnover? Can somebody over there take an interception to the house? And there, I, I just feel like through the length and breadth of their season, there wasn't a ton of that. I want to address this Stefan Diggs situation. You've seen the footage by now where he's on the sideline. He's yeah. basically showing up Josh Allen. Who knows what the hell he's saying? Doesn't matter. Here's my issue. And I know he put out a Twitter post or some Insta post basically saying, you know, I'm not cool with losing or you want me to be all right with losing. Nah. I, nobody's cool with losing. But it's how you lose, right? It's yeah. how you maintain and, and dictate you know, being a captain on that team and and, and showing by example. And, and I thought Jason, you know, it was complete BS the way he showed up Josh Allen. Dude got targeted 10 times in the game. Yeah. I don't know what he wanted. I mean, I don't know if he wanted 20 targets. I don't even right. know if it would have mattered with the way the Bengals were playing defense. But just to show up the guy that is trying to get you involved, he's trying to get you the ball. Dude, it's just not working. Some days yeah. it's just not working. And you go, all right, you know what? We tried. But to, to, to do what he did and be demonstrative about it and act the fool, yeah. I thought it was just complete BS by Diggs, man. Yeah, I mean, his frustration got the best of him. Um, you know, I, I'd i like to think that there's been a phone call, you know what I mean? Or he said, hey, man, like, I got to say what I got to say publicly, you know. But, you're my, you know, I should have done that. You're my guy. Like, I lost my cool. Um. But he had also, you know, like he went and like got out of the locker room, like like apparently just left, and then Duke Johnson brought him back, and then he left again. So, yeah, I mean, it's a long off season. I'm sure they'll work it out. Um, could they use one more thing? I mean, it's like you go back, and I don't know, man. Like Dawson Knox is pretty good. Like he's not otherworldly, but I mean, how many otherworldly tight ends are there? You know what I mean? Like. I've seen Gabe Davis do a lot of big things on a big stage. Now he had a, he had a couple of plays he walked back in that game, I think. But like, I mean, I guess could they use another receiver? I guess. I mean, a lot of people talk about the running back. They were one of the better rushing teams in the league. Now I get it; the quarterback had a lot to do with that. You know, do I think a, them getting Josh Jacobs in free agency all of a sudden means? They're not going to lose to a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes in a championship game or a divisional game the final you know, the following year. Eh. Can you guarantee that? I don't think you can guarantee that. I mean, I, no. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I uh, I do think they have to address that, but I don't know if that gives them the edge. Either way, right. Bill's at home. It's going to be a long offseason. Um. And, you know, I am curious to see how they retool. They don't need to rebuild. It's, it's a good right. football team. They just need to retool a couple of things. And, you know, but but this is what they played for. They wanted home field, you yeah. know, in this particular game. And they got it and just weren't able to take advantage of it. 